You're listening to a Natural Products Insider podcast, now on Google Play. With Sandy Almendares, Editor-in-Chief. Brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas. everyone, and welcome to a Supply Side West edition of the Healthy Insider Podcast. I'm Sandy, and on the phone, I'm excited to be talking with Tara Lynn Couch, who is the Senior Director of Dietary Supplement and Tobacco Services at EAS Consulting. Hi, Tara. Hi, Sandy. Today, we are going to be talking about contract lab audits and requalifications. Tara will be speaking on our Supply Side West workshop, Trust in Testing, Contract Labs for Safe Compliance Supplements on Thursday, October 17th in Las Vegas. This is from 2 to 4 p.m. So Tara is an analytical organic chemist with more than 30 years of lab and regulatory experience in academia, field, contract, and manufacturing environments. As a consultant, Dr. Couch assists with the development, improvement, and implementation of quality systems that are scientifically sound, efficient, practical, and compliant with FDA regulations. He also performs mock FDA inspections, gap analysis, and contractor and laboratory audits. Dr. Couch provides good manufacturing practice and laboratory trainings via seminar, webinar, and on-site presentation. Now that I've given you your you're welcome here. Uh, my first question is, how can a supplement brand ensure that the auditor it uses to review its contract lab has the right credentials? That's a great question, Sandy. So um, as with any good manufacturing practice activity that a supplement brand owner, or as the FDA likes to call them, own label distributors or OLDs, as with any service that they perform, they have to make sh- they have the responsibility of ensuring that the contractor that it uses is qualified. And for personnel, such as an auditor, that means that they have to possess the education, training, and experience, or credentials, if you were, for the assigned job function, which in this case, of course, is a contract laboratory audit. So the laboratory is a really unique environment and only personnel that have direct experience working in that laboratory environment can appropriately assess and scrutinize laboratory operations that are taking place. So a review of the resume or CV curriculum vitae of the potential auditor will therefore be critical. So a discussion with the potential auditor should also be had to ensure that the auditor understands what types of testing are taking place at the contract laboratory um, and what they're being used for and any issues that the own label distributor has had um, with the laboratory or is having with the laboratory currently. The auditor must then of course uh, have knowledge of those specific types of tests in order to perform that audit and also have options for how to resolve uh, any of those issues that are ongoing. So you've conducted many lab audits. What are some common red flags that you've seen during those audits? Um, that's a good question too. So, uh, but you know, before you ever get to the on-site contract um, laboratory audit, a documentation or paper audit should be conducted first. And that should really catch um, any of those red flags before you really invest too much time or too much money in going on-site to the facility. So what the, uh, the, uh, the paper audit is, is basically a laboratory qualification questionnaire 
that's used to evaluate the laboratory facility, its equipment, personnel, laboratory processes, their documentation practices, test methods, and the quality systems that are all being used at the laboratory. An on-site audit should then only follow after the responses to that questionnaire have been returned by the contract laboratory and been de determined to be acceptable. So this again serves as the purpose of catching those red flags before you invest too much time and money at that point. Um, that said, um, the reason that a contract laboratory is being used is for their expertise and for their resources. So for me, one of the biggest red flags is personnel that can't address questions about all those areas that I just mentioned and speak intelligently about the test methods and quality systems that are in place. They should be very proud of the operations that are taking place at the facility and they should be able to speak very freely about all of those things when just asked a quick question. Uh, of course, a laboratory um, that is also visibly unkempt or un uh, unorganized is also a big red flag for me. So laboratory personnel are basically required to be type A, type analytical, analytical people in order to perform their job function well. Um, we have to pay a close attention to detail. This is vital for most of the laboratory tests that are being performed. And then you have to make sure that you're not, um, not providing any forms of contamination or cross-contamination or mix-ups of samples or chemical or microbiological solutions. So having a really well-organized machine in a laboratory is really important. So when you're during an audit or before an audit and you see something that's concerning, what do you ask that contract lab to see how severe the issue is? Well, you know, the best thing for an auditor to do is really observe and listen. Um, so the best thing to do is to ask open-ended questions that requires a narrative response, and then you just let them talk. Um, this allows you to evaluate that response, and then you can follow that up by ensuring that anything that was said is actually being conducted in practice by watching what's happening and then doing a documentation uh, review or records review thereafter. So traditionally, FDA has not conducted audits of contract labs, although it certainly has the authority to do so under the Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act of 1994. Do you think that FDA will start auditing labs um, for GMPs, or do you think the agency should even do that? Um, I hope that they start <laughs> uh, going out to the contract laboratories uh, more frequently. I think it's just been a, a challenge of resources for the FDA. Um, because the FDA should absolutely audit contract laboratories. Um, as these laboratory operations are an integral part of ensuring that a material and or product meets its established specification, and that can eventually be distributed to the U.S. consumer. Um, moreover, as you mentioned in Deshay, but particularly in subpart J of 21 CFR, which are the uh, current good manufacturing practices for dietary supplements, uh, subpart J is laboratory operations, so that dictates the requirements of those CGMPs in the reg. And for many dietary supplements, there is no in-house laboratory that's available, so the contract laboratories are serving this purpose, and they really shouldn't be treated any differently whether than if they were in-house. Right, so let's switch gears to FDA audits of supplement brands and manufacturers, which FDA does do um, for GMPs. How can a contract lab support its supplement brand 
customer when it has its own audit? Really, um, a contract laboratory can support um, the brand or OLD by complying with all the current good manufacturing practices required that are dictated in subpart J, but also many of the other subparts of the regulation in 21 CFR 111. Um, and then really just being a true partner um, to the own label distributor. So as if they were an in-house laboratory and really working with them, they are typically the ones with the most scientific expertise um, at a contract or at a, a dietary supplement um, facility, at least when it comes to um, the testing and um, specification requirements for a product. So they really should be treated as such. So I imagine that FDA needs all of these documents, right? And so that the, the contract lab would, would be supplying documents to the, the supplement brand or OLD to, you know, to, to ensure that FDA can see that during the audit. But is there, like, should, should the contract lab always be sending that information or is there time during an FDA audit for the supplement brand to say, like, oh, let me reach out to my contract lab and retrieve those documents? And how does that process work? Um, well, there certainly should would be some documents that um, upon request during an FDA inspection that you may have to reach out to the contract laboratory to, to get, um, and that should be something that you coordinate with the laboratory um, through a uh, quality agreement. I recommend that you have a quality agreement with your contract laboratories to work out some of those details. But there are a number of documents that you should have in-house um, always. So uh, when testing is performed, the laboratory uh, will provide you with a certificate of analysis. Uh, some of those will send them via email. Some of those they are uh, available electronically through their, um, their electronic system. But in some form or another, you will have that certificate of analysis. So that is the test result. And that has to be compared to the uh, specification for the material or finished product. So that should always be on file at the um, manufacturer or the own label distributor. So whoever is dictating the test. Um, the other thing that should also always be available is some sort of document that demonstrates that the test method that is being applied by the contract laboratory is scientifically valid. So that is the requirement in 21 CFR 111 for the test methods that are used for, for uh, testing materials and products and dietary supplements. So those, uh, and that the FDA has defined that, um, or I, I should say described that <laughs> in the preamble to the regulation as being accurate, precise, specific, and consistently does doing what it's intended to do, which we refer to in the laboratory as ruggedness. So, you should have all of those, um, have some sort of document that, that does that. Now, some of the contract laboratories will be using um, competitor products and such to do those scientific validation or verification type of experiments. So they won't give you all of the gory de details of those uh, protocols or those validation packets that they might have, but they can provide you and, and will provide you a summary of that. So you should have at least something that says this is an appropriate scientifically valid method. And if more details are necessary, that could be um, one of those documents that more information would have to be requested during an actual inspection if there was any questions um, regarding that scientific validity. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and just giving us a smidgen of the information that you, you know about contract labs and auditing and requalification.
Yes, thank you very much. So it's a very, very important subject. So in the, particularly in the dietary supplement industry, I mean, there are so many uh, facilities that do not have an in-house laboratory and are really relying on the contract laboratories to be this resource for them. So it's really important, really, really important subject for the entire industry. Great. Well, we look forward to hearing more about this really, really important subject at <laughs> Again, the workshop is Trust in Testing, Contract Labs for Safe Compliant Supplements. It's on Thursday, October 7th at 2 p.m. at uh, at the Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. Thanks again. For more award-winning podcasts from industry experts, go to insider.com and click in the podcast section. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts or Google Play by searching Healthy Insider Podcast. Hit subscribe to never miss an episode. This edition of the Healthy Insider Podcast is brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas.